Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. Today, we're going to talk with Coach Harvey Hyde about USC football counting down to fall camp and, of course, the 2015 season. A lot of questions you guys have sent in for Coach Hyde and Dan, and we'll try to get to them all this week. Today, we're going to, of course, talk to Coach Harvey Hyde. If you have questions for us, podcast at uscfootball.com is the easiest way to get a hold of us. That's our email address. You can also leave us a voicemail on peristylepodcast.com. Or give us a call, 641-715-3900. Leave a voicemail, 641-715-3900. You have to enter our mailbox code, 816-646. Do that, and you can leave us a voicemail, and we will play it on the air and hopefully answer the question to our best of our abilities. Without further ado, let's bring in Coach Harvey Hyde. What's up, Coach? How you doing? Well, buddy, it's uh, been a great week. Uh I want to thank everyone for their uh, comments regarding our podcast, and uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I was up in a uh, state that you were a week ago, right? I had a chance to get up to Bend, Oregon for a couple of days. What a beautiful, beautiful spot that is. And for all of you that are listening in Oregon, uh, we want to say, boy, you got it made up there. Beautiful lakes, a lot of water. I enjoyed looking at all the water coming down the rivers and the falls and all of that, and then they say there's still a drought up there. So, uh, and the rain. How about the rain here in Southern California this weekend? Crazy. Absolutely fantastic. I love seeing it. It was great to remember what it looked like, and uh, I hope we get more. I hope we do too. We, I was playing in a volleyball tournament Saturday, coach, and we got thunder and lightning doubt. We the 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 cops came and everyone had to leave the beach. So, tournament just ended, but we had a good time. Uh, but we need the rain here in Southern California. They got plenty of it up there in Oregon, but I guess they still have a drought as well. Um, but yeah, thanks. Definitely thanks to our listeners for sending on the comments and questions and wanted to thank our sponsor, Southern California tickets, sctickets.com is the website or you can give them a call at 1-800-888-7287. If you need tickets for anything, baseball going full swing after the all-star break, all that and the other stuff coming on. Of course, USC football is coming up soon. Go to sctickets.com. And they will hook you up. And, uh, coach, we should probably just jump right into it because we got a lot of questions this week. Uh, you can tell the season's getting closer, um, uh, with all the, all the questions people are sending in. Um, I'll start with Tarek. He said in 2002 and 2012, USC had a lot of hype coming into the season, a lot of same hype. What do you think coach Steve Sarkeesian can do, uh, to remind his team that success is earned rather than just given? Well, you know, uh, you never assume that you should uh, uh, win a game, or you never can assume that you're not the target of everybody that plays you. You take Arkansas State, they're, they're, they're favorite in the Sun Belt to win their conference. I mean, this is their bowl game. This is uh, what they play for. A lot of their coaches recently have moved on to get big-time coaching jobs. So this is a coup for them, an opportunity to come to Southern California and play in the Coliseum. So they're going to be ready to play. So you can't look past anyone today. And I think the number one thing you've got to sell your team is, as she mentioned it or you mentioned it, you got to earn it on the field. You've got to say that every single film we're going to evaluate, we want 100% effort. Uh, 
uh, it's not just winning. It's uh, making sure you prepare yourself for every single type of situation that you have. And if you play it at, at that level and you're prepared, uh, you could be successful. Not that you're going to be successful. You could be successful. And I think it's uh, uh, an in, important, too, that you get better every single game. And you don't necessarily read all the hype. And it's hard not to read the hype. Well, the websites and articles and the coverages that go on today, kids can't help but read it. And they do. They listen to shows. They listen to podcasts. They, they want to know what we think, and it's, it's hard not to become overconfident. But I think as long as you have competition on your team for every position, I think that helps you as far as preparing. I used to tell my teams when I had great players, and, and I always tried to surround myself with great players, is that our practices are going to be tougher than our game. And I'm not, I don't mean that in a cocky way, but I mean that in a preparation way as far as us getting better, going against good players. We hope that the player we play against or practice against during the week is better than the opponent we're going to play on Saturday. That way we get better and the games aren't, not that, they're not a challenge, but we're prepared for them because we worked hard all week. So that's why I thought it was always important to surround yourself with great players so you can get better as a team and an individual. And I always used to say players that ran away from competition, that didn't want to come to our school because we had six tailbacks or I had, or we had four tackles at one position, those players that said, oh, no, I'll go somewhere else. Well, I thought we could always beat those people. But those people have already admitted they didn't want to challenge it and come in and participate against us. So uh, I think that the competition at USC now with the additional players and uh, should not be an excuse for anyone to say we weren't ready to play. I mean, uh, we're tired. I mean, you don't want to hear that. This is USC. You're always ready to play. You always you can't wait to play. We could play two games a week. That would be great, too. But uh, I think that people aren't wanting to hear why you weren't ready to play, or someone's injured, or we were on sanctions, or all of the above. When it's time, it's time. It's kickoff. Everybody else plays on the same size, size field and number of scholarships. And like I always say, I have always felt that USC has better players. So now, take it from there. Uh, I guess that's a pretty good segue, Coach, into our next question who from Jim in Canyon Country, who, if by reading the question, you can tell he's not a big fan of Steve Sarkeesian, but... Um, I'll read you what he says and I'll kind of get your comments. Uh, he says, well, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, sharks swim by uh, and met with another idea. First, it was no quarterback competition, followed by the wrong quarterback selection, then the wrong guy calling the plays, then the wait-and-see defense, and now freely substituting on the offensive line. Coach, has this ever worked? Common sense says Wheeler, Mama, Turek, Vianney, and Banner for starters. If Wheeler isn't ready... Uh, Chris Brown or Toa Lobendon. Backup center, that's a critical concern. Why not groom Toa Lobendon so that if Turk goes down, we won't see the repeat of the Stanford disaster a couple years ago. Great recruiter, terrible coaching, bad coaching, Trump's roster. Hope for the best and fight on. Jim and Canyon Country. Um, so he's not happy with, I don't know where he's getting this uh, offensive line rotation. I think they put a couple oars on the depth chart coach. Maybe that's what he was referring to, but... Uh, get your thoughts on what Jim had to say. 
Well, uh, first of all, Jim, uh, a very important uh, point. You, uh, you must have played offensive line at one time. I've always felt that, yes, it's good to have a unit of five people that play together and know each other and don't even have to communicate uh, to each other as far as looking at each other, or maybe they could look at each other, and they've already solved what the defense is doing. And if uh, if they had a mistake the first time, well, the second time they're not going to make a mistake because that same guy's playing next to me. And uh, we both realized it and talked about it uh, during that series when we made a mistake on, on who has who. Now, if you do a lot of rotations, you don't have that consistency of playing next to the same person all the time. And I've always felt that the offensive line is the most important piece of, or let's call it a unit, that's got to play together. Those five guys got to know each other, got to know exactly uh, what's going on. Uh, they're, they're a cult. They're, they're, they're together. And, of course, all the people behind them, are equally as important, don't get me wrong, and I think you're exactly right when you say you need to have your best five players on the field at the same time. You're not going to, if, like he said, if Turk goes down, you're not going to put a player in there that isn't as good just because you want to keep the player at the position he has. You want to, you want to have somebody ready to go, Turk, so if Turk goes down, you can move someone over there that's going to be equally as talented, maybe not as experienced, but athletic-wise, can get it done maybe for the entire season if something happens in one of the earlier games. And then what you're going to do is get your next best offensive lineman that can play the position that he has, that he moves from, to play that position. And you're not going to rotate him around. You've got to feel comfortable in a right-handed stance or a left-handed stance. You've got to remember that uh, the, the, who you're next to is uh, you're only as good as he is as far as communicating on the offensive line and I've always felt that I get my five guys and those are my five guys now if one of those five aren't performing and letting the five down you don't have to say anything he knows he's not living up to what his expectations are now you can make that move you can make that move like he was injured and you need to get somebody in there. And he probably was mentally injured or didn't perform or something was wrong. But you've got to have your five best players playing together at one time, all the time on the offensive line. Now, why don't they do that? Because they feel they have to keep everybody happy. Now, it's important to stay happy, but everyone stays happier when you win, including the fans and everyone else. So what you tell the backup players that when that opportunity comes, you be ready. And uh, you never know when it will happen, just like Wheeler going down early last year and uh, uh, someone having to step up and play for him. So that's the way I feel on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure there's – I don't know where the rotation thing came from. I mean, it's. I think that maybe it was just the oars on the depth chart, Coach, but you have – Chad Wheeler coming back, who was the starting left tackle before. You know, they end up starting three true freshmen on the offensive line. Luckily, there's some versatile guys. I mean, even a guy like Max Turek can play different positions. Most likely, you're, they're just going to keep him at center. I think that's what the coaches want to do. You know, you have a new offensive line coach coming in. Uh, one of those three freshmen will likely be kind of the, the sixth man if, if Wheeler comes back and he's able to keep that starting spot at left tackle. So, I mean, I think there's definitely some options there, but, you know, Seeing what's going on, I, I don't think we're going to know a whole lot until a couple of weeks into fall camp. So, I, I mean, if you're 
if Jim's really worried about, they're going to play eight or nine guys on the offensive line. I just don't think that's the the case. I don't, I don't think we really know, Coach, until we see, you know, what kind of transpires through the through the rest of fall camp. I agree, and they, they were talking about it, and they used Khalil Rogers at times at center, too. So they have ample great athletes there. They just got to make sure that you cross-train once in a while. You know, the right guard can play the left guard, or the uh, the backup center can go over and take a couple of turns uh, with the, the second unit or whatever in case he needs to be used to be familiar with it. It's not that you don't practice at one of those positions occasionally, so that if something happens, you're ready to go. But you you uh, you hope that you never have to, you know, uh, do that. Uh, you hope that one of your offensive linemen don't go down. But if that happens, you got to be, be prepared. And the kids have got to know that whoever, what is that old saying? Next man up, yeah, man down. Next man up, and uh, that's the way you play, and that's what happens. I mean, it's it's terrible to say you have these type of of injuries, but that's the game. Football is a tough game. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of options there, Coach, which is a good thing. I don't think – I think you're going to see mostly, a, a, you know, the five guys that earn it get it in there, maybe a couple subs. But I, I think that's what's going to happen. But we won't know – I don't think we'll know more about that until, you know, probably the middle of fall camp. Let's go to uh, – we got a uh, voicemail question for you, Coach. Let me play it. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Harvey, love the show, especially you, Mr. Hyde. Um, question, do you think that uh, Jabari Ruffin will overtake uh, Scott Felix at that uh, rush linebacker spot? Felix did not, I'm sorry, uh, Star didn't look too uh, impressive last year, and many times he looked overmatched. I believe that Jabari Ruffin is a little longer, a little stronger, can, and can get more of a push off that rushing spot. Just curious what you think. Uh, a good question, and I would say that's one of the positions that have a question mark on. I think Scott Felix uh, is a player that plays really hard. I mean, he plays hard every single down. I don't think I've ever seen him not play hard. He plays hard. Uh, uh, he's a strong type of player, but he's not a quick player. He's a power type of rusher rather than a rusher that can go inside, outside, swim technique, uh, use his speed, beat somebody to the outside, go outside, go back inside, or whatever he has to do to get it done. He's more of a power type of tough kid. Now, Ruffin is more of an athletic type of kid. Uh, he can do those things. He's quicker. Uh, is he as physical? I'm not sure, but I think quickness is very important on a rush in. And uh, I think that he certainly has the ability uh, to be a starter. Uh, last year, if I remember correctly, he was a starter until he got injured. So there's no reason why he could not come back and get back his position. I think that's going to be a great battle out there along with, and let's don't overlook some of these freshman linebackers that are coming in that are very talented at the rush in, and I'm not sure who they're going to play there. They're going to play Gus uh, Porter there. If They're going to play Messina uh, there. I'm not sure who they're going to play there, but I think they've got uh, – uh, that position is certainly one that they have talent to uh, challenge uh, Felix with, and I think it's very important that they get someone who can apply pressure, who's very athletic. Uh, all right, thanks for that one. Let's see. Let's go to Curtis Marino Valley. 
He says, in the spring, Sovavanuku got many carries and showed much-needed power. The plan back then was to have him drop from 270 to 255, his original weight. As a redshirt freshman, the USC fullback, he was the fullback that ran the fastest 40-yard dash of all the backs at the time, including Buck Allen. I hope he at least gets some carries in all the games. We can do better than trick plays on third and one. Uh, Will we finally use this powerful runner and powerful blocker in the backfield. Remember, he was the last tailback Pete Carroll brought to USC. We made the mistake of moving him to fullback. He's a senior now. Fight on from Curtis. Well, Curtis, I think he's the, one of the most uh, dedicated, spirited players on the entire squad. He's a winner. He'll do anything you ask of him. He's a great special teams player. I've met both his parents, and they are the nicest, kindest people that, and not that all parents are, but I haven't met all the parents that are out there. They're so supportive, whether uh, Suma plays one play or a hundred plays. They are for him as a, uh, a son and also for the program at USC. I think whatever times you use him, whenever you use him, you'll always get his hundred percent effort. Uh, he would almost be, and, and I don't vote on these things, uh, but a captain for me. You don't have to play 100 plays to be a captain. You can be a captain through example of who you are and what you do and what you mean to the program as far as your leadership and spirit to win and dedication and all of the above. So uh, uh, I, I, I don't know if they're going to play him a lot because I just I, 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 I hear talk, but that doesn't mean anything to me. It's uh, something you have to demonstrate. Uh, you've got to have a voice said this. You've got to have what you call an offense when you get in a, you know, second and two or a, on the goal line with first down and one, that no matter what the odds are, if they play 10 guys or 20 guys over there, you're going to get the ball in. And, yes, uh, uh, a lot of times uh, you think that he's going to get the ball. But there's times you fake the ball and uh, someone's wide open as far as the quarterback keep. I always remember when Terrell Davis came off the bench with the Denver Broncos with a migraine headache. And remember, Terrell played for me, so I know who he is. Came off and and they told him, you're not going to carry the ball. Just run in there and fake like you have it because the defense is going to believe you have it when you come in the game. And Elway kept the ball, went into the end zone, and Denver won. So there's a lot of ways you can use Vanuku as a leader, as a captain, as a special teams player, not just as a fullback or a tailback, but someone when he steps on the field, you know you're gonna he he's gonna set the tone of what the level of play is. All right. Um thanks for that one, coach. Let's go to Jamal. He says, uh, I would like to ask about our future scheduled game against Alabama in two thousand sixteen. With the, with the knowledge that we'll be losing four senior defensive linemen, Pat Hayden chose to go along with scheduling this game. That means we will have nothing but sophomores and redshirt freshmen for linemen against grown men who have been in the weight room program for years. This is a huge disadvantage. It won't be pretty. Uh, yet we continue to take 50, we continue to take, he's talking about recruiting, 50 wide receivers. My thing, uh, could we just have played them in 2017, 2019, or 20 when we're back up and quote-unquote potentially rolling? What are your thoughts? 
Well, my thoughts are I think it's going to be a great game, and the only way you get yourself ready for those games are to play them. Uh, the only way you can contend for a national championship is not walk away to the, from those people or run towards them. Uh, take it as a challenge for your program, your fans, your recruiting. And remember, Alabama loses kids, too. They go to the NFL. They play with young kids, too. So everybody has that problem today as far as uh, keeping their players and not having them go to the NFL. They're great players. And this is what football is all about. Uh, I think it'll be a great game. I think the Pac-12 has really made great strides as far as catching up with the Southeastern Conference. I'm not quite sure that the Pac-12 isn't better than the Southeastern Conference. If you look at a lot of the publications, you'll see that USC has one of the, they rate it as one of the toughest schedules around, even though they play Arkansas, Arkansas State and Iowa, or Idaho. Why? Because they play in the Pac-12, and they play Notre Dame. That's why they're ranked as one of the toughest schedules. So I think it's great. I think everyone looks forward to it. It's an early game. If it's unfortunate and you lose that game, you play hard and you lose that game, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, it does as far as the overall uh, play and tradition of college football, but you can still come back and play them again in the national championship game. So uh, that's the way it goes. You know, that, they're on the schedule. There's no reason to talk about it. They're, you're going to play them, okay? And you're going to get in the airplane. You're going to put on your pads the same way they do. You're going to line up. You're going to cover the kickoff, and you're going to kick some butt. And you're going to look forward to it. But this is what great tradition football is all about. When great powers like this don't run away from each other, but they sprint to play each other. And I, I commend both programs not to run and hide but to get out there and have great football tradition. And I, and I think that's the way it is. I think it's what you need to do. It makes you a better football team. The only thing you have to be very careful of is the next week, whoever your opponent is, is not to be down or still sulking or hurt for your next game where you might get upset. Because I played those type of games before, and uh, you're still talking about what if this had happened. And if we hadn't done that, that you're not getting ready for your next opponent, and then somehow you get tripped. So, uh, yeah, well, I think that's the best way to say it because you're going to play them anyway. So have a great off season, and know the date and the time and who you're playing where. All right, Coach, uh, great one. We got one more. Uh, this is from Mike. He said, I was watching the program A Football Life that featured Randall Cunningham's story. He made the statement that he had always wanted to go to USC, but they didn't recruit him. He had been told throughout his life that USC didn't play black quarterbacks. Can you please give some of the backstory from your perspective? It's an interesting statement since can't Sam Cunningham played with Jimmy Jones uh, from 1969 to 71 and after Vince Evans started in 75 and 76. That's from Mike. Well, uh, Randall... Uh, did want to go to USC, and he played quarterback at uh, Santa Barbara High School, same place his, his brother went. They played in the CIF championship game at Cerritos College. And uh, he was recruited by USC, but not as a quarterback, as a safety. And uh, he didn't want to play safety. He wanted to play quarterback. He, he felt it was a great, talented quarterback. And, you know, he had the same problem, too, when he went to the NFL. 
I had to plead and argue and tell scouts that, hey, this guy's a quarterback. I'm not a great coach. He's a great quarterback. Now, it's great to be with him, and as a, as a pair, we work pretty good together. Yet he went in the second round, and I think he still should be in the football Hall of Fame and also the College Football Hall of Fame. But uh, UNLV recruited him as a quarterback. They had Sam uh, Washington there from L.A. Southwest Junior College, who had done a great job. And Tony Knapp was the quarterback there, and they or the uh, head coach there, and they threw the ball around a lot and had great offense. And uh, Randall selected UNLV. I was fortunate because I came in and inherited Randall. Uh, the only problem was that he had played his freshman year, played in only three games when they used to have freshman teams then, and that cost him a year of eligibility as a varsity uh, a coach or player. So that cost me a year. I'd have had him another year because at that time players didn't come out early and all this and that. But Randall's a tremendous player, tremendous athlete, and I'm glad he had the opportunity of playing quarterback at UNLV with us. And uh, he had a great career not only in college, but he also had a great career in the NFL. And if you watch that uh, Life of Randall or whatever it was called, uh, you heard all the players that were interviewed about him, that all of them said that he's a true Hall of Famer. And he really is. If you watched him leap and run and play, you said, my gosh, he didn't even know what sliding was all about or how far he could throw <laughs> a football. It's as far as you want him to throw it. That's the best way to explain it. How far do you want him to kick a football? As far as a football will go. <laughs> and uh, that's the type of athlete he is. He, he really was. Cool stuff. Yeah, look, thanks. Uh, there's a little USC tie in there, so I thought that'd be a good question for you, Coach. But thanks again. Uh, great stuff and a lot of questions, and uh, I think we're going to keep getting more and more of them as fall camp creeps closer and closer. But great stuff today, Coach. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much, and for everyone out there, enjoy the summer months. Uh, month, I guess I should say, not months. <laughs> fall camp gets started here, and football's not far away, and uh, we're all going to be very busy, and uh, we enjoy this portion of the year very much and uh, maybe we're going to have a a rainy football season maybe the seasons have changed uh ryan and maybe we'll have to sit through a wet game what do you think of that it's been a long time hasn't it since you sit in the rain and the football at a football game yeah especially because i'm in the press box now it doesn't matter <laughs> oh, <laughs> we just have to close the windows big you know? time <laughs> big time yeah but yeah we'll see coach it could be it could be a little rain this season make it more interesting i think it's gonna be an interesting football season no matter what Thanks again to you, Coach, and you can follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde. Everyone else, thanks for listening to the Peristyle Podcast. We'll talk to you next time, and here's a quick message from SC Tickets. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287, 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting.
Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 